0: So the common knowledge in America is, uh, okay, you're starting a business, you have to immediately form a legal entity, and you should have an S-Corp in Delaware. And uh, there's so little understanding about this. And I often tell business owners, like, just start, before you start forming legal entities, like, just see if there's any money here, before you start spending money, what would you say?
1: So a Delaware S-Corp is like the cocktail party's just, like, phantom idea that everyone just perpetually tells other people because they heard it from someone smart that is not correct that that is not necessarily correct for you like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair what got you here will not get you there join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share welcome to the business breakthrough podcast and here's your host Esty rand
0: Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I'm so excited to welcome Chad Sakanchik to the show today. Chad, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited because we've been having a blast without you guys. Sorry. Uh should have been recorded the beginning, but we were having too much fun without you. So, Chad is the founder and creator of Better Legal, a company that provides a one-stop shop for business and entity formation in all 50 states. I like this. We're going to talk a lot about this. Um, And if there's one thing Chad knows, it's how to start a business. He was bitten by the entrepreneurial bug early in life and has been the brains behind successful and not so successful startups within the tech space. More non-successful ones. More (laughs) non-successful ones. Um, His ability to form a business in a day is a game changer within the entrepreneurial space. And not only does he offer business formation services individually, he has a system that allows attorneys and other businesses that typically do this to do his stuff for their clients. Okay, I I want to to talk about all of this. I want to talk about all of this. I don't even know where to start. Start with the non-successful startups. I think that'll be more fun. Okay. Um,
1: when I was, so I worked for Dell, uh, straight out of college. So I graduated in 2003, worked for Dell for a year, um, got laid off on my last day. I gave my two weeks notice and got walked out the door on my last day. Cause I was, I was, trying, <laughs> I, was I was trying to, I was trying to, there was like a rule at Dell where you, you start as a contractor and then they just throw you where they need you. So like there's home sales, business sales, government sales, healthcare sales, and so I was just in home sales and I didn't want to be there. I was one of the top 10 reps on the floor and I, I wanted to go to the business because that's where I wanted to be. But so I quit with the idea that 30 days later, you can then reapply. And well, I you can get hired to a department so you wanted. But people I was working for found out and just decided to fire me. Um, <laughs> oh! Yeah, no, I know. I it know. Was, it was a dirty, dirty trick. Um, but anyway, so... I then started to just figure out what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do software. And in 2003, four, 2004, really, um, like I'm, I'm jealous. I've got a couple of, you know, Twitter friends that that I actually talk to fairly regularly now that are much younger than me that are in their you know early 20s. And they just have so many more resources than we had back. I feel like the old guy, it's like, oh, you know, back in my day, we had to walk and, you know, but if there really, <laughs> but we are those any... people
0: now. We're those people where it's like, yeah. I think about it sometimes. Like, when I wanted to learn something, I had to get a book yeah. or find a human who knew like how to do Noble. it. Yeah, I, I couldn't went, just spend
1: hours in Barnes and Noble so I didn't have to spend hundreds of dollars on books.
0: Yeah, um, like there's, and now anything you want to learn, anything Anything.
1: literally anything you
0: just type it in online there's 600 million tutorials videos audios courses programs and you're like
1: skillshare you go to youtube youtube is the most unbelievable twitter twitter is like twitter is like as good as twitter and youtube combined are an mba
0: really i don't see i'm not a twitter user at all
1: right if you follow the right ecosystems um like i'm on startup twitter somehow obviously because i'm yeah because you um, that world. Once you start following the right people, it starts recommending more people and you just go down this wormhole. Um, and and you just have these people that are in these businesses that just share everything. And the more they share, the more other people feel confident to share. I've shared stuff now that I would have never talked about. And so you just get this insight uh, into what people's real lives look like. But That's anyway, so I digress. Interesting. so interesting.
0: I see Twitter as just like this drama-ridden. No, at, man. Like...
1: Twitter, Twitter is the most valuable social media network period the end
0: that is interesting
1: um it's I, so I fascinating I to me how
0: different people are drawn to different platforms like i, I have never I, used twitter at all i'm I, huge you so deleted
1: LinkedIn. facebook and instagram and whatsapp and all that like two years ago when all that facebook drama went down yeah um and like TikTok and Twitter and Reddit are my main sources. Yeah, I get and most YouTube of my news from
0: TikTok in the last like year or so. The
1: most random stuff from TikTok.
0: <laughs> the best thing, how to put garbage bags in. <laughs> in Dude,
1: the, garbage the, one, bag. the one for me that I'm going to share with everybody right now, I know we have to get back to the, is yeah, like, yeah. you get a wine bottle, so this is a soiling. but okay. you get a wine bottle, you know how you take the, the corkscrew and you have to like peel the top yeah. off? Okay, you don't have to do that. That foil, mm-hmm. if you hold the bottom to the table and you can just- pull the top right off you pull uh, the foil part right for real off. Yeah. i never tried that and i saw there's this lady has a you know that that voice that she's like what is one thing that you learned one day oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now? and i saw this guy just like standing at his little home wet bar and just have like six wine bottles and he just stares at the camera and just goes boop, 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 boop. and i was like no no way no way and then i do it every time now and people are like wait What did you just do? Anyway. So yeah, that being said, there's so much more educational tools. There's so many resources There's so like the, the way I'll get into this, but the way we started our business, I wouldn't have been able to start this business 15 years ago. Uh, There's, there's tools now that you can get free versions of the accounts and you know, $29 a month here and there, you cobble these together. Like I always tell people that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cobbler. I just take a bunch of random things together and I cobble them together using a tool called Zapier. But anyway, so back then- Yeah, we like um, Zapier.
0: Probably... Yep. Can I just make a comment on Zapier? It yep. is deceptively simple, right? And it's more yep. deceptive than simple because you can Problem do something is... very basic. And then the second you try to make it complicated, it spits at you. <laughs> like then you have to be a master. Like you can be a novice and do like the simplest, simplest things. And you're like, wow, this is so cool. And then it's like, yeah. well, maybe you, could you could do this. and You could do this and you could do this. And then you try it yeah. and it's like,
1: Nope. Once you nope. become a power user in Zapier, it becomes very difficult to manage. Like, we spend a lot of time documenting, just documenting yeah. how everything, because we actually do things where we um, have zaps that, like, halfway through hit a webhook to another zap. That come, makes like, sense. Zap- you're essentially Zapier. coding.
0: You're using Zapier like a GUI system, right? It's a, you're essentially coding, yeah,
1: like a visual coding platform. Yeah, that's essentially what, it's what you're doing. All it's the hooks coding. to everything. When I need a new tool, like for example, we use something called Sly Broadcast that just like calls a phone number and just bypasses the phone and just drops in a voicemail.
0: Oh, I love those. And
1: so, you know, people are like, you know, hey, you didn't tell us that you filed or whatever. So I just call I Sly Broadcast. I call and I say, hey, this is Better Legal. Just want to let you know that we have. Filed your filing with the state, bye. Mm-hmm. And I record that recording, and then now that's a webhook that I can call as soon as our system files something. We just send it to that phone number, and so I people love just it. Get and I love
0: that it mail. bypasses. Like I, when I discovered that there was a system that did that, it blew my mind. I'm like, that is so no. great because then, first of all, to answer robocall is super annoying. Second of all, yep, the time, time it would take for a sales rep or a human to go, hi, how are you? Yeah, we just want to like, a oh, I just have A lot of people
1: transcripts anyway.
0: Exactly.
1: So, so we send when we, when we do stuff now, we send a, a, uh, we drop a voicemail, we send a text and we send an email. And now if anybody's like, you didn't contact me, it's like, (laughs) false, (laughs) patently false. Like, what do you want a pigeon? Anyway, all right, so I have to get back. Sorry, we went on a crazy tangent.
0: I'm adding um, pigeons to my list of communication so, options.
1: smoke signals, pigeons. Um, okay. Do you know, so, I
0: once told someone that we would use Telegram, and they thought that I meant send them an actual telegram. That's funny. I was like, no, no, no. There's, it's like a WhatsApp kind of thing. It's an app. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sending you a telegram in the mail. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so when I in 2004, I was trying to do a uh, essentially like a website builder. People, a lot of people were asking me to build websites. so I'd hand code websites because I kind of did that in college. Um, and I'm lazy. And so I don't, if I have to do something more than once, I want to figure out how to automate it.
0: Yeah.
1: Later in a company I was at later, the CEO used to call what I did, chad automation Because I would just try to auto, Chad, automation. Oh,
0: that's fun. Like you got your and own so, word. I like it. So
1: um, that's like, you know, Anything that I cannot have to do more than once, All right, I figure out the best way to do it, and then I automate it. So um, I tried to build a website builder, and I was competing with Squarespace at the time. Squarespace was an up-and-comer. Um, I actually had a better product than they did, um, but they, they, they had you know kind of first to market. Um, there were a lot, a lot of things, and I actually called out the founder of Squarespace a lot on like forums and stuff, and he would, you know chat at me, but obviously he won that battle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so that kind of floundered. Uh, Then I worked at a company for about seven years and I've I've always had a side hustle. Um, And, and the thing that I spent the most time on was something called restless napkin. And the idea was um, essentially kind of like a, like a happy hour, kind of like a Yelp and a happy hour finder, you know, like people like, oh, it's Tuesday night. What should we do? And someone says, oh, there's like dollar oysters at this place or, you know, half price wine bottles at that place. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be great if you could just like have that delivered to you as soon as you just go to the website. And so I spent a lot of time just scraping Yelp and all these different websites and then putting all that in there. Um, and it was difficult because people changed their Specials often, All and the then putting the specials was was difficult. You know, asking someone to like put something in and then validating it was a, a difficult thing. So then I was just trying to like categorize, um, like where people went in like a heat map.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and I evolved that just as a side hustle. Just just always had a developer kind of doing. How did you? How ideas. are you
0: doing a heat map on where people were going? Were people logging it, or were you tapping you, into you some could, data center? So like,
1: it's part of the problem with Facebook is you could just scrape it. Like once someone like add at the time, once someone added your app, you could basically just suck all their information out of it, like where they were going, where they were taking pictures and stuff um, and then develop a heat map for them. So we never actually had the data. Our software sucked it up and then put it in the heat map. So you could see where you went most often. Then it turned into like an order system Um, that I just was like uh, a little bit ahead of my time. So I was at a, a wine bar with my friends who were going to a concert and we were like, Hey, let's do one more round. And then let's go to the concert. And we could not find our waitress period. (laughs) And so by the time, by the time she got to us, we were like, we'd have no time. So we can't order another round. So let's just go to the concert. And there were six of us and we were drinking $14 glasses of wine each. And I was like, that's like over a hundred dollars that they just lost lost because, you know, she was off doing whatever. And, um, and I was like, imagine if you could just like pay, you know, order from your phone. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) And man, I I developed, I actually coded that myself. So I I learned I'd been laid off from the company that I was at. Um, it was acquired and like, they kind of streamlined the whole operational system. So I got laid off from that company and I just had a little bit of severance Um, and then I had my own savings. And so I spent like the summer just learning how to code and building this thing myself. What language? Ruby. Ruby on Sinatra, um, you know, started on Heroku, then went to AWS and man, um, that became a, you know, just a lot for one person (laughs) and then having to sell it, you know, then having to be the, the marketer as well. Right. Um, so I couldn't get anyone to buy that. Like nobody, everybody was like, the, the the waiters and waitresses were like, oh no, I, you know, I get my, um, I get my tips off of like, you yeah, know, like you, you forgot for that while. you'd
0: be threatening the humans with that.
1: And so, and so my buddy had a bar down South that is like a very big, uh, outdoor space. And so he allowed me, I got a TABC license in Texas so I could like run drinks and he just let me set up like an iPad at the bar and then allow this order system so i just set up this whole thing and i was just running people's drinks and blah, blah 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 and like people were like there was this one table that was like okay so we tried i tried ordering through you and she tried ordering through you or through her and i got my drink like within five minutes and i don't even know where she is <laughs> so like people were like this is great but then the the bar managers and the staff did not think that there was a problem. I remember talking to a bar owner that uh, said, you know, if people want drinks and we're not delivering it to them, then, then that's a problem, but that's not,
0: but we don't have anymore. that problem. And I was
1: like, I go to your bar, dude. <laughs> that is a problem.
0: I think this is, can we pause? Cause this is such a classic um, situation for so many business owners. It's, You're solving a problem. You know, you're solving a problem, right? Businesses solve problems. That's what they do, right? Mm -hmm. Businesses exchange a value for value. And the value exchange is typically the solution to a problem someone has. I would say 99.99% of the time, maybe Mm -hmm. add an extra nine. And so you're solving a problem. Now that gap of who are you solving the problem for? So you're solving the problem for you as the user in the bar. Mm -hmm. You know, you have that problem, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to buy this solution. You're not the customer. And the bar owner doesn't think they have the problem, right. even though they do, but they don't think so. And so for you to sell someone something when they know they have a problem, super easy, right? So you can sell all the customers your software, right? But they're not paid
1: that is, that, that, is, that is the definition of product market fit that I think people don't understand is like, and I've fallen into this trap many, many times where I, I create something better. But explaining that it's better to the other person and why it's better more efficient and will make them more money, this would make them more money with no extra overhead. And they just didn't want it, or they just were too lazy, or it was like I'm not incentivized. I'm. The they weren't incentivized manager. because they
0: didn't. It wasn't their. How problem. How does it help me? Yeah. It wasn't their problem, and so the only way to do it would have been a a huge amount of quote unquote marketing, as people call it, but really just you know perception changing, yeah. um, for the business owners to see that yes, this is a problem. You'd have to prove it to them and convince them and explain right. it to them. Like if you read um, Charles DuHig book Habit, which is fantastic, how they launched toothpaste you know, in America and how they hooked it to like that film on your teeth, which means nothing. But now everyone's like, oh, there's film on my teeth. I need to brush them. You know, like these psychological oh, okay. hooks and they yeah. put baking soda in it so you'd, and mince, so you'd get a tingle and a taste of freshness. And they're like, well, if your mouth doesn't smell and taste fresh, then, uh, you know, it's dirty. Uh, it's a great, great book. I'm um, talking about conditioning habits. And then you get people into this habit because to condition a habit, you have to have a hook. Yeah. To have a hook, you have to have a problem. If you don't have that problem, someone has to teach you you have a problem that you didn't actually have. Yeah. And so to come and teach someone they have a problem that they don't know they have is really costly. It can be done, yeah. but it's really costly and small businesses usually can't afford it. And so either it's that or you have to get buy-in like one other way this theoretically could happen, but it also would have been hugely cumbersome and expensive Would we get all the users on board and have mm-hmm. all the people go into the bars and be like, hey, do you have the bar order app? Can I right. order my thing from the app? And if right. enough people ask the owners, they start to be like, what is this thing? What is this thing? What is this thing? Yep. Then you, because you've created, either way you're creating a problem yep. for the buyer. It's just which direction you go in. Sorry, that was a- So, so now, right. now yes.
1: thanks to, you know, thanks to COVID. Yeah. That's like, it's like commonplace now.
0: Totally. Now you walk into the place and first of all, There's all the menus code. are QR codes.
1: There's a QR code and you yep. just order, like uh, we've got a ramen place that we go to all the time and they now just have a qr code attached literally my idea Two eighty. <laughs> it was it's like a it's like a a thing you set on the table that has your your table number mm-hmm. and you just like scan it and you you open up a tab with your credit card and then you order and then they just bring it to you yeah like this is literally restless napkin <laughs> um, and so sometimes sometimes the idea is solid you just like you're t- you're too far ahead. You're of your before time. your time. Kind of like what what was that car, that electric car that was in the '90s that everybody loved that they Prius? Just kinda, no it was like a <laughs> <I think> Saturn <laughs> made it or someone there, there's this there's a movie or documentary called uh, like Death of the Electric Car or something like that. Interesting, but like it, it was the first electric car. It was just ahead of its time. Like everything was great. Everybody that had it was loved it. But right. the people in power, the people that owned the car companies, were not making their maintenance.
0: Right. One and if that, you actually because... look at the history of Nikola Tesla and how all of his stuff, I mean, now yeah. it's like we have Teslas, right? But we only right. know of Nikola Tesla because Elon Musk decided to call his company Tesla after him. Right. And right. That all of his stuff was at the same time as Edison, was the yeah. same time as all the other stuff.
1: And Edison was actively trying to scare people away from AC power by electrocuting cows. I don't know if you know that story. (laughs) I do not know that story. Edison's whole idea is that he wanted to, like, with DC power, you had to have a, a power plant basically on every other block. Yeah. And AC power, developed by Tesla, allowed these power lines to run like hundreds and hundreds of miles without yeah. so you can have a few power plants just pushing out of power which and is what we have was more popular and more brand recognizable and so yeah. he was trying to scare people away from ac power because ac power before it gets stepped down mm-hmm. at your at your electric at your box or the transformer um it's very dangerous and so like he was just like killing cows was was like, is that what ACDC
0: the band stands for with the lightning bolts? Yeah. yeah. No way. Yeah, My brain just went boom.
1: come on. Really?
0: I didn't know that. Okay. I
1: actually
0: don't know what AC or DC stands for. What is AC or DC? Alternate
1: stand- current, direct current.
0: Got it. I did know that actually. So like <laughs> direct
1: current just means it's kind of like the powers. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, so then I so then then I worked for a couple of startups that uh, were you know, other people's startups. So I was just kind of like a, you know, early, early, uh, contractor. Um, and then I sold my house and decided like, I'm going to make this happen. And so I actually started a company called, um, space sift. And that was the goal there was to kind of create like an Airbnb for event spaces. And okay. cause like, you know, people, people are, People started, a lot, of, a lot of these things start, come from personal experiences that I have. So people are going downtown, they're like, hey, I'm doing like a, a meeting clients, like where's where somewhere I can rent a room or- um, And now of course, just,
0: there are sites for that. I forgot what it's called, but there's a site that does exactly that.
1: Yeah, 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 there, there's, yeah, there's a handful of them. Um, but yeah, so, so I, again, I basically scraped uh, Yelp and got every place available. Then I used Zapier to, I created like a, I had two two pretend events. I had one event. So I, I created a fake Gmail account, like Jennifer Hadley or something at gmail.com. <laughs> and I was like planning a wedding. And I was like, hey, I just want to get pricing. about Because like, if you go to these sites, they they hoard all of the information. Like they won't give you the PDF on like what their capacity is, blah, 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 blah. Right. Unless you reach out and specifically ask for it. So I just use Zapier to like blast the same email to all these people. And I just had one and then, so one was like, I work for a startup and I'm doing like a product launch and I need information to like rent the bar out or the space. And another one was like a wedding. So I like had two different types of spaces that I was doing this to, And I had a Gmail account for each. Um, so I could just like, I literally spent two months replying back and forth to emails, collecting all of this data. <laughs> putting it into like a Dropbox folder, um, organizing it into a spreadsheet. And then you can still go to spacesif.com So space, S-P-A-C-E-S-I-F-T.com. And that's just all the data that I collected back back then.
0: How and, long ago um, is this?
1: This was in 2016, 17, maybe.
0: Okay.
1: And um, And so, you know, that wasn't, super interesting to people what was interesting that people wanted to know is 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 the place available right like is the space available so what i ended up building out of that was a tool called concierge and that was a tool that i was trying to sell to the spaces themselves like a a, an automation tool um that would like everybody knows everybody that's ever known sales is like if you get a lead that comes in the first hour is like the most important if you can get to them in the first 15 minutes when they're top of mind that's the best but if you can get to them in the first hour that's like the best time to you know respond yeah. and I've, I've heard multiple stories from event planners when i was doing this research um or event space managers that would say yeah i got this deal simply because i answered the email on a sunday at 2 p.m and i got there first and so they were already connecting right. with me when the other places didn't get to them until like late Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And so like that to me was like, okay, that's the problem to solve. That's what people will pay for. So I created a system that actually would allow me to hook into their Google calendar and for them to like block out the space. And so then I would embed a form on their website where they would say, I wanna rent this space. Um, That would then go to the calendar, see if it was available and if it wasn't available it would like check an hour before an hour after the day before the d- or no the day before the day after the week before the week after and it would see if those times were available and then it customized an email back to the person that said hey yes that space is available for this time here's more information and it, the whole point of this software was to get that first email out to the customer as quickly as possible right um, so then when they respond then the event manager could pick it up. But also this software would check and see, you know, the day before, the day after, the week before, the week after, because someone told me like, if their space is not, is is booked, that's what they did. They reached out and said, hey, because they, they're like, people either are flexible by a couple days or they want it on a Friday, but it doesn't right. have to be that Friday. Right. And so I, I basically had this email that just sent it from their email address and, and sent the customer the information so they could get that, done within the first 15 minutes. So and then what nobody happened? Nobody gave any nobody, nobody wanted cared. it. Nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared. They all they they came up with the most creative explanations on why this wasn't like useful. And I'm just like this for like $100 a month you literally can earn more business. Because the other thing that was wild is these people were not uh they didn't have forms on their website. Like if you wanted to rent a space you had to like just email them. You yeah. You had to like go find their phone number, email. And we all know that like bars and restaurants don't answer the phone.
0: No, ever, never. They um, never answer the phone. You're like, are you open? We have no yeah. idea. We just have to show up and hope.
1: Yeah. So, so, um, so like you just have to reach out via email. Maybe there's like an events at, you know, barabc.com. Um, but it like, sounds,
0: can I just say something? It sounds like you've had a lifetime of creating businesses that, solve problems that business owners don't realize they have
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i actually have a buddy who whose company i invested in back when it was like a six million dollar market cap and is now a 250 million dollar market cap um and like his business was taking off and this i was on like my fourth failed thing and he just goes he goes man i just i can't believe what did he say exactly he's like i can't believe you just keep getting back on the horse he's like you got so much like stamina for this kind of you know failure and I'm like man that hit me like a sledgehammer to the chest yeah it's like like holy
0: god and like he meant it as a compliment but like ouch
1: yeah no he (laughs) he delivered it as a compliment just like he was impressed at like my grit he was like I can't believe you just keep getting up and doing it again. yeah but the starkness it, it of that face and then getting back up and
0: but the starkness of that reality of like oh yeah i keep getting up after failure after failure is like yeah. ouch but i mean i
1: think for anyone that is successful they all have those experiences and everyone's like oh man overnight success and the person reads that and is like
0: no one's an overnight, like an overnight success. No it one very
1: much was not. Yeah. No
0: one's an overnight success. The overnight successes are 10 years in the making at a minimum. At a right. minimum.
1: And, and, and it might the business might be, you know, an overnight success and it might from in within 12 months go crazy. But there was a decade of prepping and planning right. and obstacles and failures and other things that trained the person, gave them the experience that they needed to find that opportunity and that's a lot there's so much luck and opportunity involved and it's partly luck but it's like identifying opportunities because you have the experience to see that there's an opportunity Yeah, it's
0: tuning in and I I remember reading an article wow it's got to be like six seven years ago and it was like in a one of these like Doctor chiropractor office waiting rooms, like a Rolling Stone article about some music artist um, who was like one of these overnight sensations, like they all right. are, right? And it was just about the decade before that they started performing when they were 14 and then yeah. they were doing this, and then they're do- so now they're like, you know, 25 and like this overnight like success. Yeah, and oh like they God. started when they were teenager, like
1: 12. This early 20-year-old is, is doing this. It's like, yeah, but when they were eight, they right. were like singing in church choir and then they were singing at malls, and they were doing this. Yeah, I think. I heard that I watched a a hot wings. Do you know the hot ones? No. The hot ones. Okay. On YouTube, there's this thing called uh, the hot ones, and they have celebrities come on and they have them eat like progressively hotter wings. Oh,
0: I heard about this. I've never I seen somebody, it, but I, I heard think of, of it. The
1: company's called First We Shall Feast or something like that. Okay. And so they like as they get to the later super hot, wings, super they just start like word vomiting, and just like they just want this to be over, so they'll tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like they're being waterboarded with sounds amazing yeah. i never
0: want to do it ever yeah.
1: and so like i watched one with uh that girl that's really hot like hot right now olivia rodrigo yes
0: she's um, one of got, these like, stories she's, she's like she's, five yeah, years she's old, old with yeah, like she, yeah. a million she's like, yeah, billboard she's hits like
1: in her she's in her teens and she just entered spotify's like billion uh stream club yeah which is wow like a hugely you know way up yeah. there success and people are like oh my god she's like in her teens how did she do this and this guy's, like, interviewing her. And th- the other thing that's really interesting about this interviewer is, like, he digs deep. Like, he knows, like, he calls your childhood friends and, like, he knows things <laughs> about you. Like people, like, people are always like, how the hell did you know that? Where did you, who did you talk to? And so he's just, like, he's, like, a private investigator of an interview. <laughs> And so he just knows things about people. And so they open up to him because partly they're surprised that he asked the question and partly they're just dying on the inside, <laughs> sweating bullets. <laughs> milk. Um, and she's like, she's like, yeah, no, I was uh, like, I would play in malls like on the weekends at like seven years old. Wow. Like, okay. So she's like, let's say she's 17 right now. She's been but doing But she spent a decade.
0: decade. She spent decade. a decade. It's always a minimum decade, by the way. Every yeah. time I look into something, it's a minimum decade yeah no matter how young they are
1: yeah so that that's like that book blink yes Malcolm Gladwell it's like it becomes second nature to you because that's your you 10,000 hour 10, rule yeah. right
0: it's blink it's outliers it's it's all Malcolm Gladwell stuff yeah yeah thousand percent so I feel like it's outliers almost more than blink his whole book on outliers was the 10,000 hour on the oh, decade that's one?
1: I, I, it was yeah, outliers yeah, yeah. blink
0: is is the intuition it's like it just blink is like the click one and what outliers is. is like, you look at all the super geniuses and the prodigies and the super successes, and yeah. they all have like a 10,000 hour you know, minimum right. of of training and building yeah. an expertise. So what's your
1: skill? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's like, well, anyone can be a super genius if you're yeah. willing to invest yeah.
1: in yeah, it. Yeah.
0: There's a TikTok so, on that also. So, so in, we're like playing the piano and people feel like, oh, I wish I could play like that. She's like, I would do anything to play yeah. like that. She's like, no, you don't. Because no, you all you, like you need to do to is- play every day for this many hours and get this trainer like you can do it you don't you're not willing to do anything to play like this because if you were you could right hey guys thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode stay tuned for part two going live thursday and of course subscribe you do not want to miss this
1: You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with S.D. Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?